Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Man, the thing that I live for doing this job, this goes back to Fern, our last caller. I want callers to call and challenge me. There's nothing that I enjoy more, not just on the show, but in life, in having vigorous discussions with strong opinions on both sides. Sports, politics, life, whatever it is. So, yeah, Fern, call back anytime. You got to you want to disagree with me? Tell me where I'm wrong. Tell me where I'm wrong. I love it. I love it. And I am fully aware that most of the fan base and most people in the media have a very different take and outlook on Marcus Davenport right now. Again, I don't think he's going to be a bust. That would be foolish of me to say that. I mean, that would be, I'll just say, that would be idiotic of me or anybody else to call Marcus Davenport a bust or anybody a bust at this point two years into their career. Especially him, though. I'm not saying that. I liked his first year. His first year was better than I thought it would be because I said handful of sacks. We got that handful of sacks in the first half of the year, and then he was injured. It's not like a better year than uh, to me than what I kind of predicted, but we're just telling you, hasn't really shown up at camp practice and certainly in that game in 19 snaps. That's all I'm saying. And is it time to get a little worried? Maybe. I know some people, hey, look, I, I promised them I would not bring up their names. We had long discussions about this over the last two days there's multiple people that you again you hear from you read you watch that also is thinking the exact same thing let's go one more call here before we get to ricardo lecomte greg in gulfport welcome to the show greg hey uh seth i always enjoy listening to you when i'm down here in uh, new orleans i hey, appreciate gulfport. it greg. uh seth is it just maybe because we hold uh davenport to the standard one the way the Saints have drafted the last couple of years and getting guys, getting better production with the guys that are six-round picks like Kamara and Bell and Michael Thomas, that the, the number one pick, maybe, you know, like you're holding him to a little higher standard. I mean, I look at Lattimore. He played better his first year than his second year. I don't know, hear about people talking about maybe that he needs to play better uh, especially facing what the Saints are facing that first part of the year with those receivers and those quarterbacks, which you need Davenport to pressure. Deshaun Watson, Jared Goff, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, mm-hmm. uh, and what, uh, Jameis Winston. you think it may be just because of the, the standard that the Saints uh, fans have seen how we draft the last couple of years and have gotten a lot of yes. production? That, that, Greg, that, that, that basically what you're Yeah, and I think, Greg, that's a great point. Because in my mind, and this is what I've said all along, I, I do not want to anoint anybody, a Pro Bowl uh, player, an All-Pro player, a future Hall of Famer, until they've at least played some. I guess, I guess if you listen to the show long enough, a lot of what I do is a little expectation management, perhaps. Like I've talked about Joe Burrow when I've talked about LSU. I think Joe Burrow is a fine quarterback. I think people expecting him to go out and win a Heisman this year, and there are plenty of people like that here locally, are either not paying attention or just have you know purple and gold colored glasses on and aren't willing to actually see the truth. I think Davenport's going to be a, a fine NFL player. I'm just saying I think he's got to be more than just an okay or fine NFL player this year if the Saints want to win a Super Bowl. I just do. 
I think he's going to got to provide a lot of pressure opposite of Cam Jordan. I think that is huge. It's a good point, Greg. Thanks for calling. Let's bring in Ricardo LeCompte now, sports anchor for WWL TV Channel 4. Talk a little Saints and Saints camp with us at our LeCompte TV on Twitter. Ricardo, what's going on, man? Seth, nothing much. How are you? Look, I'm good. I love uh, debatey sports talk, differing opinions on, on sports talk. We're having that here <laughs> the first half hour. Marcus Davenport, I'll open up with this since that's what we covered the first half hour. 19 snaps, no pressures, no sacks, hasn't made a splash in training camp. I say, look, nobody's going to remember this in the regular season if he, you know, if he comes out and uh, performs and, and has improvement over his first year. But are you concerned at all, Ricardo, that we're not seeing really anything from him in camp so far? Uh, there could be a little bit of concern just because you're, you're expecting him to kind of make that progress from year one to year two. I personally don't want to hit a panic button yet since we haven't seen him in his full potential. We haven't seen him healthy for a full season. We haven't seen him, you know, just, just going through the, the nuances of knowing the system A and then performing in the regular season consistently through 16 games. I'm not really worried as of yet. I know a lot of people will be worried because you – this is a guy that you traded up for in the draft to go after. This is a guy you targeted thinking he is going to be that next elite pass rusher opposite Cam Jordan that you wanted on your defense. So the expectations on him that are laid on him are, 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 are maybe a little bit unfair, but at the same token, if you're going to put, if you're going to put that much investment, if you're going to you know, spend a draft to go up and get him, then you kind of want to see production pretty much right away. I would not panic yet until we get to the season and, and, and A, if he can't stay healthy, that could be a problem. And B, if he doesn't make any progress through the regular season in these games, then you could start worrying. But as of now, I, I, would, I wouldn't be too concerned that he hasn't made that splash in training camp yet. Um, let's see what happens when we get to the regular season. What about the defense in general, Ricardo? I, I, I have a hard time taking too much out of that first preseason game since a lot of the vets did not go. But, but does that concern you at all, what we saw against the Vikings on Friday? I think the, the one area of concern I would have if you wanted to pick an area of concern for a preseason game would be that, that, that the problems up front in that defensive line. And it's more or less just looking ahead, projecting toward the regular season in this regard of going, all right, well, Cam Jordan didn't play, so you didn't have that pass rush. You had one quarterback pressure, no sacks. So you're wondering, okay, can Marcus Davenport, could Trey Hendrickson be that guy opposite Cam Jordan? to provide a pass rush uh, because you know Cam Jordan is going to face a lot of double teams in the regular season. Then you have that the, the interior of that D-line where you know you're not going to have Sheldon Rankings for the first, at least for the first half of the regular season. So you're going to need guys like David Onyemata, the, the free agents of Malcolm Brown and uh, uh, Mario Edwards Jr. to possibly come in there and, and provide at least some sort of production in that interior of the line of, in terms of run stopping, in terms of getting pressure at the quarterback from those D tackles, that's what I, I I worry about, if they can stop the run consistently, if they can get quarterback pressure, because we didn't see that much against the first unit of the Vikings and pretty much to the rest of the game. So there was one area where you go, okay, this may be an area of concern would be the D-line. But again, as you're saying, it's the preseason, so I wouldn't take too much stock in it because you're rotating so many different guys. You're trying to get a bunch of guys playing there, so and you're sitting a lot of other guys. So it, it, you can't really you can't really – pinpoint like this is what the defense is going to produce when you get to the regular season because this is preseason but those are realistic concerns in, fr in terms of that defensive line moving into the regular season yeah it's great points ricardo on um, the other side of the football i thought we saw some things that were 
pretty promising, specifically quarterback play from Teddy Bridgewater, 14-19, moving the ball kind of at will, had a touchdown pass, 7.1 yards per attempt. really liked what he did. I, I, I like what he did as well. And, and, the, and my, the, my big takeaway, what I was most impressed with Teddy Bridgewater was actually how he handled that two-minute drill at the end of the first half. Bringing, the, uh, bringing that team downfield and being able to score and finally getting into the end zone. He was able to kind of handle that. And it seemed like he was able to just thrive in that kind of situation where, he, you know, he, he had a command. He knew where he was going with the ball. And it seems like that's the best Teddy Bridgewater. When he knows where he's going with it, he can make the, he can make the throw. Um, it's kind of when he's holding onto the ball that you kind of see like, all right, you know, what can he do? Because those two, the, the four sacks he had, that's on him. Two of those, of course, were negated by penalty. But the other two sacks, he was holding on to the ball a little too long, trying to make a play, trying to have something open up, which, you know, that could be a problem down, you know, down the road if he's actually ever starting. But in, in terms of knowing where to go with the ball being accurate, he is, he is perfect for this system. And the biggest, the biggest thing I like in his post game, he made this comment where he was saying that when he came in, and was learning this offense and watching a guy like Drew Brees run this offense. The one thing that he said he caught himself doing was trying to be exactly like Drew Brees. And that would be a, nor- a normal human reaction. Somebody who's been so great at the position, somebody who is an expert at running this offense, you find yourself trying to be just like him. And he had to kind of take a step back and go, you know what? I'm not Drew Brees. I'm Teddy Bridgewater. There are certain skill sets I can do better than Drew Brees that I can, you know, I can put into this offense in running it. And and when he started doing that, he says he, he kind of found the comfort in, in how he's running this offense. So I thought that was the biggest takeaway because I don't think any of us really thought of it that way in terms of, yeah, you know what? If I was in there trying to run the quarterback position, I want to do it exactly like Drew Brees has done it because you see the success he's had in that. And when he kind of realized and go, hey, you know what? I was successful in this league. I was a pro bowler. I led a team to a playoff. I know, I know what I'm doing. I just need to load the system first and implement my skill set into that. That's where you're going to kind of see the growth of Teddy Bridgewater, of him, cunning, him coming into his own in this offense. And it is very promising uh, seeing that, that you go, you know what? We have a great insurance policy behind Drew Brees in case something happens in number nine. Yeah, great stuff here from Ricardo LeCompte, sports anchor for WWL-TV Channel 4, joining us on the last lap. What else stood out for you, uh, to you from that game, maybe from camp the last couple of days, Ricardo? Well, I'll go to the game and, and, and kind of a little bit in camp. And, we, and we've all been seeing the return game uh, for the Saints. And we know that in the last couple of years, there's just been a lack of production in the kick return and the punt return. So, they brought in Marcus Sherrills in the offseason for Minnesota to maybe provide uh, a veteran to, to return kicks and return punts there. In that first preseason game, we didn't see Marcus Sherrills play, but we did see Deontay Harris uh, return kicks. And he provided this spark, this explosion, this, this speed, this elusiveness that we hadn't seen in the return game that potentially the Saints could possibly add. And when you kind of dive into Deontay Harris's story a little bit, you see that he is a uh, Division II rookie from Assumption College. And this guy is actually the NCAA all-leader uh, in all divisions in combined kick and punt return touchdowns. He had 14 of those combined. So this guy knows how to find the end zone. This guy knows – this guy is a specialist in the kick and return game. And we saw him kind of show those flashes in this first preseason game because 
we've seen in the in training camp, we've seen Marcus Strails take those reps. We've seen him also kind of field as well. And we also saw Cyril Grayson Jr. doing that. I'm curious to see if Deontay Harris gets more reps as we kind of get into these next few preseason games. Obviously, we'll see Marcus Strails, but Deontay Harris is kind of an interesting kind of prospect just in terms of being a possible guy to just give some explosion to that kick and punt return game that we haven't seen in the Saints in the last couple of years. Uh, wide receiver, before we let you go, Ricardo, it was fascinating because little Jordan Humphrey, who has not stood out at camp at all, he stands out in a big way during the game. And some of those guys we've been talking about so much, Manuel Butler, others, well, kind of, you know, didn't play or they're non-factors in that game. How do you handicap this race for the other spots at wide receiver, kind of behind Ginn, Traquan, and, and Michael Thomas? Yeah, it, it, it's kind of one of those, you know, it's it's there for the taking. We're just waiting for one of those wide receivers to kind of seize that number two, that number three spot behind Michael Thomas. Remember, Keith Kirkwood didn't even play, and he's been out of camp for a few days. And that's one of those guys where I'm thinking, you know what he can make? He's a smart guy. He's a big guy. He's one of those guys that can make that next step uh, going into a second season. Uh, Emmanuel Butler is still one of those guys that I just want to see what he does in a regular season game. He returned to camp on Sunday uh, to camp practice uh, after being out for like the last week with an injury. And he was back to making those plays that he was making at the beginning of training camp. I want to see what he does against uh, this competition because he's a guy that also kind of fits that mold of a big receiver, 6'4", 6'5", a speed possession receiver, uh, kind of in that, that small school kind of mold that I've mentioned before similar to a Marcus Colston where I'm not saying he's Marcus Colston, but he's kind of got the path of being the potentially could be that way. If, if, if he develops that way. Um, and, 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 and Timmy Cobb is another guy that I'm like, all right, well, these are these, these type of guys that can kind of step in and, and, and maybe make that next step. I want to see Traquan kind of step up and, and, and be that second receiver as well. I think he's got a tremendous skill set, and there's a reason why he was drafted in the third round um, that you kind of get those, you can get that production from him. I think as of now, we're still waiting again for somebody to just step up and seize that second and third wide receiver spot and, and kind of give this offense another another weapon to just alleviate Michael Thomas from getting all these double teams he's going to see in the, in the regular season. Uh, I think it's going to be up into through these preseason games and maybe a couple of games in the regular season before we can kind of decide who's going to be that second go-to receiver for for this team. He's Ricardo Lacoff. You can find him almost every day along with Andrew Doak, Doug Mouton, part of the WWL-TV Channel 4 sports team. They'll be on tonight, 10 o'clock hour, with your latest Saints training camp update. Ricardo, always appreciate the time, man. Seth, love it. We'll see you next time. All right. See you then. Ricardo uh, Ricardo Lecomte, at R. Lecomte TV on Twitter. Lots of phone calls on the Saints defense. Marcus Davenport, Alex Anzalone that we've got to get to. Plus, I want to talk a little Taysom Hill as he spoke with the media after today's practice. And, yeah, kind of sounded like a savvy veteran NFL quarterback. Good stuff from Taysom coming up. I'm Seth Dunlap. The last lap. Quick break. We're back on WWL. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.